Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that is stuck in time. Yeah, so you know, actually, we're recording you know I, this in no time at all. You know what I was thinking about uh, as as I was going over notes for this, and I like I wish I had thought about this at the beginning of season ten. We caught up to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No. So like, okay, so when this episode was on the air. December 25th, 2017, our podcast had just come on the air. Oh. Now, we were covering (laughs) episodes from 2005. Yeah. Yeah. But December of 2017, we had, I don't know, a handful of episodes on the air. Um, Sometime around December and January is when all of season one came out. Like, we, we released all of season one, like, November, December, January of 2017, 2018. So, like, from this point forward... While we're watching these episodes, these episodes were airing while we, we were, were doing a podcast, and it like broke my brain. So <laughs> you wrote the intro. We're stuck in time, but it it, it made me think of that. Hey, it's the noobs and the Hoovian, <laughs> by the way. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip, and, and we're, we're the, the noobs. And this is that podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each and every stinking week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and, and two sons, sons who haven't. So, welcome to episode number one fifty eight, covering they twenty seventeen Christmas special. <laughs> you wrote that. I did. Uh, covering the 2017 Christmas special, Twice Upon a Time. This is the one where the doctor and the OG doctor meet a soldier and a glass lady that teach them the true meaning of life, and then they die. But not before they save the soldier. That's great. <laughs> teach them the true meaning. I, I'm surprised it wasn't the true meaning of Christmas, though. Yeah. yeah. Teach them the true meaning of Christmas. No, it was the doctor and then they that taught the doctor the true meaning the of true Christmas. Meaning of Christmas yes. Oh, is that what it was? The, the glass lady the taught them the true meaning of life? What's the true meaning of life, then? Trip who wrote this? That um, everything is just memories. To die. I don't know. Oh yes. Cool. <laughs> Man, somebody make a note of that later. I wanted to talk about memories. I don't think I. Oh. I don't think I wrote that down anywhere except mm. me. So Corbin, scroll down to the Bill Potts mm. section. I memories. may have mentioned that. Just as long as we, as long as that's in there somewhere, I do want to talk about that statement. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, this was story number two seventy six, originally airing der December twenty fifth, twenty seventeen. To get this, guys. 7.92 million UK viewers. Because first of all, Ooh. first of all, point number one, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've had a couple of weeks below 5 million. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And we've been hovering in the low fives for, I don't know, this entire season. But Christmas, man, Christmas is, is all about Doctor Who in the UK. <laughs> 7.92 million UK viewers and 2.2 million American viewers. And by American, mm-hmm. I mean BBC America, which is... North America. So that's like US, Canada, maybe Mexico. I don't know. I don't know if BBC America is in Mexico, but it's in it's in America. Uh, it's in the United States and Canada. I know that much. So this is the first time I ever remember specifically seeing this. Mm-hmm. It said seven point. It actually gave the figures of like how many people watched it live and then seven point nine two million overnight viewers overnight, yeah. UK. And then it gave one point whatever and two point two million overnight viewers bbc america and i was like oh very cool so i hope that means we're gonna get that from now on on. do you guys remember when the ratings got really detailed yeah like somebody was really going after the wikia entries on on ratings and then it just like went away i don't even think it was a whole season but anyways uh this was written by corbin you ready for it stephen moffat kit peddler jerry davis and 
Chris Chibnall. It's a new world record. I know, right? <laughs> um, first of all, Kit Peddler sounds like a comic book character or something. Um, <laughs> the worst supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, doesn't it sound like something that involves hurting children? <laughs> Some, maybe. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a real Kit Peddler, if you know what I'm saying. Um, at any rate, I don't know what Kit and Jerry had to do with this episode, but Chris Chibnall gets a co-writing credit on this episode because he wrote the post-regeneration scene, oh. such as it is. There was one line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. I, I I really... We'll, we'll talk more about the, the, the post-regeneration scene later, probably, hopefully. Um, but suffice it to say, for right now, I was not crazy about the fact that, like, Tenant had a whole thing. Oh, new teeth. That's weird. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole thing. Um, uh, Matt Smith had, uh, I'm a girl. Uh, you know, I'm still not ginger. Oh, I still have legs. That whole thing. Uh, uh, um, Capaldi had... Uh, angry eyebrows attacking Clara and, and that little exchange there. And then the doctor, uh, the, the doctor, uh, Whitaker is by herself, unlike uh, Capaldi, um, and gets one line, two words. Oh, mm. brilliant. And then that's it. And then immediately crashes. <laughs> you yeah. know, so again, I said, we'll, we'll come back to that. Maybe, maybe we need to do a 0.5 on mm -hmm. the 13th doctor thus far. Hmm. Maybe, maybe somebody make a note of that. Anyways, uh, this was uh, directed by my favorite director to say, Rachel Talele. And one of these days, she's going to call us. She's going to, she's going to call us up. That That's not even close You know, that would be amazing because name. we don't have a phone number for the show. So, if she was able <laughs> that to, would, they track down lots our of dedication. phone number. <laughs> well, you know, those, she's got connections to the BBC. <laughs> Which is nowhere near us, but okay. On the other they side of our world. Far-reaching yeah, far yes. tentacles branching out into all forms of communications. Anyways, miscellaneous trivia. This was the first episode ever to show two doctors regenerating. Mm. That's kind of amazing when you think about it. I mean, it makes sense. When else would you ever have a regeneration? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this is probably the first multiple doctor regeneration story. Like where any of yeah, the doctors probably. in the multiple doctor story are regenerating. I, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think anybody else did a multiple doctor episode for their regeneration episode. And then it just so happens that they decided to shoehorn this story into an interstitial. Guys, I don't know how much we, we really talked about this, but there's like essentially, essentially this entire episode is like a cutscene in the middle of the 10th planet. Yeah. Is basically what's happening here. And it's, again, it's one of those things where um, if you ever, ever leave a gap in Doctor Who, someone will fill that gap, whether it's the audio mm -hmm. adventures, a comic, or fan fiction, or Actually, an entire canon episode will get shoehorned in. So there's like, I, I'm, I can't remember the details, and maybe Jared will go into this, but there's like a couple of minutes in the ending of the the final episode of the first doctor's final story where he like runs away for a minute and leaves the companions behind and then he shows back up and regenerates and so apparently what happened in between there 50 years later is this episode 
Yeah. And that's bananas to me, but I love it. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, this is also, speaking of regeneration stories, this is the third regeneration story in a row with time in the title. So we had the end of time. We had the time of the doctor and now twice upon a time. So apparently Eccleston is thus far <laughs> the only <laughs> new who doctor to not have time in his regeneration <laughs> episode title. Uh, and I'm trying to remember what was the name of that one? Uh, parting of the ways, the parting of the ways, which was yeah. a, an appropriate title, but yeah. it, it should have been the time of the parting of the ways. Under the cast had a couple of notables here. First of all, Captain Archibald Hamish Lethbridge Stewart. Oh my gosh, what a name. Uh, Coolest British, name ever. Yeah, British McStereotype. Um, was played by Mark Gaddis. And um, first of all, Mark Gaddis we, is a writer from Doctor Who that we've seen before. Um, we've actually, I, I say we've seen him before, we've literally seen him before because he was Dr. Lazarus mm-hmm. in that episode. Um, you may also know him from your Sherlock crossover connection. He plays... Sherlock's uh, brother, whose name completely escapes me, uh, Sherlock Holmes and Stink. What's his first name? Stink I, Holmes. I, <laughs> Stinkathy Holmes. Yes. Um, I can't think of his name. It's it's equally as bizarre as Sherlock, mm-hmm. um, except we're used to hearing Sherlock because of the character. You probably don't know his brother's name as well. Um, on top of that... Um, Corbin, uh, when when he first walked onto screen, Corbin, who did you think the character was walking onto screen? I don't remember. Hitler. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Hitler. No, you it wasn't like, Hitler. You were but... like Hitler, and I was like, <laughs> no. I was like, um, mustache is a little too yeah, wide. A little too wide. But if you shaved that mustache down, I, yeah. it'd be pretty spot on. <laughs> Except for the fact that he was from World War One. So uh, that, and he was also in a British uh, uniform. I don't know what British World War One uniforms look like. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not faulting you for not knowing okay. that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like you know, um, appearance wise. But at any rate, uh, the German soldier that he is having the little showdown with in the crater is played by Toby Whithouse, whose name may ring a bell because he is another New Who writer. And that makes Gaddis and Whithouse the only two New Who writers who have also acted in New Who. Hmm. Now, there were three other writers who wrote for and appeared in classic Who episodes. Yeah. But this is uh, these are the only two that are from New Who, and also it makes them, you know, they, they're both in this episode. They're not only both in this episode, they're in the same scene, yeah. threatening to kill each other, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, like showdown of the writer's room. It'd be like, you know, uh, having like uh, like uh, BJ Novak and, and, and what's his name? Uh, 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 Pointing oh, guns at Lieberman, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't having speak a, the same language. Having a street fight in the middle of uh, the office. <laughs> Guys, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by Google Fi. That's right, Google Fi is a, a fantastic cell phone service that we've been using for a number of years now. $20 a month gets you unlimited... What? It gets you... Gets you unlimited talk and text, and then just $10 per gig of data after that. It charges you down to the megabyte. You only have to pay for what you use from month to month. And then if you want to just say, ah, man, forget that. I'm using too much data. I need a better deal. You can get their unlimited plan for $65 per line or excuse me, $65 per month. And then if you add on more lines, it's cheaper per line. If you go with the uh, flex plan, you can add on lines for just $15 per 
per line per month, and then you all share the same bucket of data. You guys know the drill. Head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash fi to get $20 off after your first month. Get you some cell phone service, would you? Do you not have a cell phone by now? I mean, really? <laughs> I don't like, think. It's like 2021. Yeah. How are you listening to the show? <laughs> are you on like an iPod? An iPod right now. Imagine. Are you listening on your computer? <laughs> Anyways, that brings us down to the checklist. Uh, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. Kind of surprisingly, no. Oh. Closest we got was at the beginning, the opening uh, words on the screen. Once upon a time, the doctor was at the South Pole refusing to regenerate dot, dot, dot twice. As the closest you got to twice upon a time. So, uh, but it was a, um, uh, that I, I like that they put that little bow on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was kind of fun. Uh, the creature of the week would be, I would say the testimony. I mean, we had the dogs, yeah. but yeah, I mean, come on. They weren't no. exactly important. Um, although we could, we could spend a minute talking about the Daleks out of their shell running around like, Grabbing on crabs. the most terrifying octopus you've ever seen. What did you say? Kind of like a crabs. Weird Haven't spider. Haven't already crabs? seen something like this where it was some weird creature that ran around and jumped on your face and it looked kind of like those things? Possibly. Like I've made this head crabs reference before because yeah, there was yeah, something like that. When you said that, that I was show. remembering that, but I don't remember what it was from. But anyways. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, so the testimony was pretty cool. Uh, the testimony was a, uh, a com combination of the technologies for time travel presumably teleportation of some sort and memory extraction and this is kind of cool uh so the idea is you have like this central database where uh humanity in the year five billion has has come up with all of this different technology and now goes back through time and extracts people at the moment of their death, downloads all their memories into the testimony core mm-hmm. and then takes them back. Right. So it's kind of like what the doctor did with Clara. If you remember that, where yeah. they mm-hmm. pulled her out of her timeline and, and they said that this was something that the time Lords did, right. They could pull you out at the moment of your death to interrogate you essentially. Mm-hmm. And then they erase your memory and take you back. And the same basic thing is what uh, the testimony was doing, except that their purpose was to download all that information. So then therefore, and presumably, I mean, like we didn't really explore how long this has been going on, but it's been going on long enough that they have Clara, Bill and Nardole. So they wasn't even just humans. Mm-hmm. Cause at first I was thinking, well, there's probably just for humanity's sake or whatever, but no, apparently they were going and grabbing even Everything. Nardole, which Whatever the crap he turned out to be, we never did really get an answer on that. I don't know, but I don't think there is an answer. I, I think it's I think it's purposefully nebulous mm-hmm. and, and and vague and everything. He just is everything. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. I mean, the the cool idea there is that uh, you know this is like you can all this is one of those times where Doctor Who is putting something out there that you can't prove isn't true. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like maybe this is what happens in in the future and maybe or maybe some alien race has already figured it out and each of us when we get to the moment of our death will be you know whisked away somewhere or whatever um but then the idea of of taking all that and then being able to download it into glass avatars what i wish there had been was some actual living human being there interacting yeah. with the glass avatars to show us this is what it's like like even if it was just a moment of like walking down a hallway 
and there's like room after room after room and you glance in and you see a family sitting at a table and a glass avatar walks in and then becomes their dead grandma or whatever. And so they get to talk to him or whatever. Um, but we just have to, there, I did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. have to infer that part. So, um, any, any other thoughts on the testimony? Kind of cool. Well, okay. there's one thing which brings up something that's kind of a struggle for Doctor Who, which is, how does he not know about this until now? Like, they've gone back and extracted seemingly every Everybody. human that has ever lived. Yeah. And he how has would you know that? never heard of this. He's interacting with humans all the time. They he pause went, time. Whoa, 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 they wait. grab a person, and then they yeah. put them back before they even grab them. We've had adventures in the future, though, after this technology has existed, where he's interacting with people of that time. Yeah, that's But true. he still but never knows about this. It's like uh, nobody knows that testimony exists, is what Corbin said. That's a really good, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because you would think if that technology existed, it would be as common knowledge as there's a, such a thing as a funeral home. Yeah. Like, there's funeral homes, there's cemeteries, there's the testimony. And it yeah, the doctor's like. never interacted with it or, heard, or even heard of it. Yeah. So much so that when he first encounters it, he doesn't know if it's an evil plan or not. <laughs> yeah. Which was interesting. Um, that's a really good point, actually. And, and it kind of, kind of, uh, let's see, I had some notes about this somewhere else. Um, I'll just go ahead and talk about it now. Helen Clay is the original glass avatar being asymmetrical based on an actual person was based off of Helen Clay, who was the human who either invented the technology or, or spearheaded the movement that became testimony. And she is from the year 5 billion and 12. The end of the world episode with, uh, Oh crap. What's her name? Moisturize me. What, uh, oh, uh, Cassandra. Cassandra. That was the year 5 billion. New Earth was 5,023,000,000, and then Gridlock was 5,053,000,000. So I thought it was interesting to note that, first of all, I laughed every time we ever did one of these episodes mm -hmm. to think you're at the year 5 billion on the nose when the <laughs> Earth blows up or whatever it was that happened yeah i didn't think about that right and then and then when they decide to go to new earth it's five billion 23 and then when they go back to new earth they go to five billion 53 and somewhere in the midst of all that five billion 12 this was a rocking decade <laughs> the earth blew up testimony was invented uh whatever what what happened on new earth i don't know is that the zombie episode wasn't that the cat nun Maybe. nurses and the zombies and everything? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then gridlock. Like all of that happened within a 53 year span of time out in the ridiculous deep future. You know, the year 5 billion. Instead of it being like 5 billion, 792 million, I guess it's funnier to say exactly. 5 billion and 12. Yeah. Like literally I had to count the zeros as I was typing in the number and I was tempted to, to type the number five write the word billion and then <laughs> one, two, you know, cause that's what it is. It's 5 billion, 12. That's a comical number. Maybe that's all it was about. I don't know, mm -hmm. but, um, definitely interesting. Um, very sci-fi technology, like somewhere there needs to be. And again, because there is a gap now, I guarantee you there's probably an entire comic book series that we're not aware of mm -hmm. yet from dark horse. That is 
the adventures of the doctor exploring testimony or whatever, or, 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 uh, uh, Bill and the pilot <laughs> as they explore testimony or whatever, yeah. you know, but definitely, uh, a sci-fi, uh, concept that needs to be delved into more than we did in this episode. So under jiggery pokery for the TARDIS this week, all those years of being bigger on the inside, you try sucking in your tummy for that long. I love that. There was so much conversation on the episode and in our living room yeah. about the size differential between yeah. the first Doctor's TARDIS, or as Trip wrote in the notes, the OG Doctor's TARDIS, and the 12th Doctor's TARDIS. Um, I did not realize the extent to which that uh, that TARDIS was so much fatter, it, just so much chunkier. Huge. And it makes you realize how wobbly... The original TARDIS. It looks like if you leaned on it, it would just fall over. Whereas the other one looks like if it fell on you, it would crush you to death. Oh, yeah. Um, And then the first doctor says it's hideous. What is it with the doctors hating each other's... Yeah. With the exception of... What was it? It was when 10 and 11 were in the war doctors... They loved it. They were like, oh, the mm-hmm. round things, that whole bit. That was thing. that was like the only time I remember anybody, any of the doctors ever liking the other doctors, TARDIS yeah. or Sonic or anything. Or um, hairstyle, like what? They don't tend to <laughs> like hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. Ears. They don't tend to like each other very much. Uh, 10 and 11, major bromance. Well, yeah. But oh, the war yeah. doctor just, had no time for them whatsoever. And they were roasting him back, just nonstop. Yes. All these people <laughs> firing shots at each other. Absolutely. It's hilarious, but it's strange how much they hate each other. It's, I mean, I I can't imagine having a conversation with a 20-year-old version of myself. Uh, yeah. Let alone hundreds of years ago, oh, and a completely different person, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, I can't even imagine that, like... Anyways, uh, the sonic screwdriver, a what screwdriver? An audio screwdriver. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so great. I I wish we knew more about the classic who era sonic screwdriver, because as, as Jared mentioned, it first gets brought up in, was it the final serial of the second doctor? It was the second doctor, like towards the end, possibly in his final serial. And all he did was literally unscrew a screw with it. And I would love to see, you know, where else that, that, you know, that went. But the fact that the first doctor like doesn't even recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. Blows my mind. And, and slash, I love it. Um, Under the Sonic here, we do have to mention that we had uh, the triumphal return of the Sonic sunglasses. Uh, Corbin, you said... Uh, there was a moment where the why, why did the sunglasses end up on the ground? Who who threw them on the ground? The first doctor. the first doctor literally ripped them off his face and threw it on and the threw them on the ground. And Corbin goes, "Please let that be the end of the." I thought the first doctor was going to step on him, and I was I going to applaud, but he didn't. <laughs> also, I noticed when he took them off, it was like, Doo. yes, every time they went on or off, there was there was a little sonic, you know, so indicator dumb. there. Um, I did. Okay. As stupid as we, as we think they are here, the three of us, as well as, as hard as we've ragged on the Sonic sunglasses, I did kind of like seeing them on the first doctor. That was (laughs) kind of fun. I, however, did not like it as much as the 12th doctor liked it. He's like, why am I wearing these? He says, because I love it. 
never take, take those off. off. Which he promptly was that when he immediately removed them and threw them on the ground, or was that later? I don't, the I don't first remember. doctor took them off of the twelve doctor's face and threw it on. The That's ground. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Um, yes, I did. I did thoroughly enjoy seeing him wearing them. I I do kind of wish that he had been wearing them while he was wearing the the hat, because the first doctor's hat is just so ridiculous and iconic. I, I love yeah. It. Uh, let's see. Um, I kind of threw this under the question slash Doctor Who, um, and this is this is jumping ahead a little bit because it's in the regeneration speech. However, the Doctor says never. The Doctor speaking to the next Doctor ostensibly mm-hmm. says never tell anyone your name. They can't understand it anyway, except children when their hearts are in the right place and when the stars are too. Now, what's up? What does that mean? I guess you poetic. have some idea and you're going to explain. I, th- but I think Tripp nailed it there. <laughs> it's just, just poetic. poetic. There was a note in the Wikia that I hesitate to even bring up because it said citation needed. So this is like, this could be completely made up, made up nonsense. However, the note in the Wikia said there was some interview that the 12th doctor uh, that Capaldi was giving and he basically said this verbatim that he believes that children when this when their hearts are in the right place and the stars are aligned children can hear the doctor's name and that moffat took that nearly mm-hmm. verbatim and wrote it into this to this bit now again i don't know if that's true yeah. the fact that it says citation needed makes me go why is there not a citation because you would think that the person who wrote that note in there would be the one who would know where the YouTube clip is to give the citation. However, I love that idea. And I desperately want that to be true. I desperately want to say that Peter Capaldi, a lifelong fan of, of Dr. Who we, and we talked way back when Mm -hmm. about him, like writing in and getting like something published in Dr. Who magazine, like, and, and all these kinds of things that his take on the mystery that is the doctor's real name was written into canon. That is something to me that is so Stephen Moffat, that is so Peter Capaldi, that is so Doctor Who. And so I'm just gonna I'm just going to assume now, fact check or no, that this is true. And this will be my head canon forever now. Yes. Thank you and good night. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess this will be the last episode in which the entry for the March towards 13 can possibly appear. Um, and, and we have no notes about it. There was, there, there wasn't anything um, particular here about the fact that, uh, you know, time Lords can, can switch genders and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, we had a mention of it, I guess in the last episode or the one before that, where he was talking about, uh, he thinks he was a man when he and the master were children together or whatever. Um, so the March towards 13 entry this week is, the 13th doctor came. She's here. <laughs> She's here. Finally. So, um, I guess I, I could throw in here that, uh, where did this, where would all of this happen? I guess this would have all come after this episode aired. No, 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 no. There was, okay. There was a teaser clip video thing announcing the 13th doctor. Mm-hmm. And do you guys remember when we watched, like we actually watched the whole, that special where they announced Capaldi as the 12th doctor. Yeah. So they, they didn't do that, but they did have um, a lot of buzz mm-hmm. before this episode aired. And one of them was this 
somewhat hooded figure shot from behind walking through the woods and then a tree stump. And on top of the tree stump, a key appears very much definitely the TARDIS key. And then a hand reaches out, picks up the key, the camera pans up. It's Jodie Whittaker. And that was the reveal that Jodie Whittaker is the 13th Mm. doctor and of course, everyone lost their collective minds. Um, and then there was, then there was probably after this episode aired, there was again more and more hype stuff, teaser stuff as they got closer. And one of them was like this very dramatic, like orbital shot of of Jodie Whittaker, like cameras zooming around her, and you're getting like head to toe of what her costume is going to be, um, which I thoroughly love her costume. Y'all mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet, obviously, or. Uh, not on screen on this episode. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have seen pictures of her, but, um, did this zoom around, maybe showed her Sonic. I can't remember. And then the literal glass ceiling up in the room above her shattered and fell all around her. And she looks at the camera and says, oops. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So on the nose. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and of course all the reaction blog posts were, you know, Jody Whitaker, in, in in most uh, obvious metaphor ever, Jodie Whittaker literally breaks a glass ceiling or something like that. But it was. I mean, this this is huge. This is important. And for you guys, y'all are y'all are already two years past. This has already happened, mm-hmm. and it's old news. And you guys are semi aware that there is a female doctor. I haven't seen any of her stuff yet, but you know this is. But I'm telling you guys, this is a major. I think they were talking about this during Capaldi's announcement, like mm. leading up to Capaldi's announcement. It was like maybe it's a woman. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think I think maybe Alex Kingston said something like that. Uh, River Song mm-hmm. maybe said something to that effect. Like maybe it's a woman. Who knows? And everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, it's definitely a woman." If she said that, and then it was like, it wasn't. No, it was. It was thus far in New Who the oldest whitest dude possible. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, you know what, guys? Instead of a instead of a woman. Because it was, there was two things. It was it's going to be a woman or a person of color, right? That was those were the two big things everybody was pushing for. And it was like, you know what? Instead of that, <laughs> we're going to cast somebody who is literally the age of William Hartnell when he retired from the role. <laughs> Why don't we just bring William Hartnell back? We, you know? we actually cast William Hartnell's reanimated corpse as the twelfth Doctor. <laughs> but anyways, oh so so this was this was huge huge stuff. Um, and, um, without, without spoiling anything, hopefully maybe, um, there's still more to come. There's just still, still boundaries that are being pushed. And, um, and I think it's been pretty clear. I think we've made our, our thoughts and feelings clear over the last three or four years that we're all for it. Um, but there has been so much backlash in so many different areas. Um, you know, hashtag not my doctor, which by the way, trends, Every time the next doctor is announced, just, just yeah. anyway. Um, other stuff we noticed. Um, first of all, in the beginning, it says seven hundred and nine episodes ago. Oh, Who else can say that? My gosh! I mean, you no can one. you can maybe say that about Star Trek if you count all of the Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no one run of that show was ever anywhere even close to seven hundred episodes. And uh, I was wondering how many how many stories ago I get. Oh wait, yeah, we're in what? What did we say this was? Story number two seventy six. So two hundred and seventy five stories and seven hundred and nine episodes oh ago. Goodness. For crying out loud! 
Um, oh gosh, we we talked earlier about um, cap the the captain being in a World War One outfit, <laughs> and that was a a a great moment there where the doctor says World War One, and he says World War One, and he says yes, judging by the outfit, and he says yes, but what do you mean one? And he's like spoilers, <laughs> you're kind of apologetic, but. It's weird to think about now, but it was called the Great War, yeah, or the War to End All Wars was like its moniker, its its <laughs> slogan. It is literally, you know, it was called the War to End All Wars, and it is literally the war that, that started, started the next the war. Next war. Yeah. I mean, it's, in the end, that's what it was. Um, but can you imagine? Can you imagine being ripped out of space and time in what? What was it? Nineteen fourteen? Nineteen sixteen? I can't remember I what know. it said at the beginning. Um, somewhere in that time frame, and someone saying, "Oh, you're in the middle of World War One," and going, "Excuse me, what? what? Like, b- b- pardon? Uh, what do you mean by that?" Apparently, there's five, <laughs> yeah, or what? something. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But he still doesn't know how bad it is because it could be far off in the future. He doesn't know it's going to be within his lifetime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they may well, be calling you back in. Like you know, jeez. Mm-hmm. Technically, restoring he would have died. So. But they reanimate him. Well, but like Corbin said, within his lifetime, you know. So, which absolutely. is like two seconds. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> dang. <laughs> um, we got another snap, and I'm trying to when when the doctor when the twelfth doctor is trying to convince the first doctor that he is him, and he shows him the palm of his hand. He sees the regeneration energy, and he says, "Snap." And now I'm wondering, have we done Snap every, every time multiple yeah, doctors have met each other? Definitely been every time. Because, I mean, they did it in Time Crash. They did it in the Day of the Doctor. And I know that the reason they were doing it was because it happened in the three doctors that we saw. I'm wondering, yeah. did it happen in the five doctors? Um, Probably. But, yeah, so I, I love I love that, that gag there. Um, brings it down to who's who. Who is Clara? Wow. Uh, don't go forgetting me again. Frankly, that was offensive. That was a, that was a great line. Corbin, you had some feelings about, about this for, for the first couple of seconds until we clarified what was happening, didn't you? Oh yeah. I was like, he can't remember her. And it's like, oh, but I brought your memories back to show you the importance of memories. And I don't know. I mean, did that, was that okay? Did that, did that smooth it over? Was Was that all right? Yeah. That makes it make sense. I mean, y'all know we had to bring her back, right? Yeah. Just like, just like Karen Gillan. You know, just like Amy, by the way, by the way, screw Rory, (laughs) but but Amy had to make a comeback for Eleven's regeneration. Y'all had, y'all knew that Clara was making a comeback. I understand why they can't just leave companions in the past. Like, you know, she hasn't been on this show for a whole season. We've spent so many episodes with this new companion. He just got over the, she, like, he's still getting over Bill. And then I, out pops yeah. Clara. They brought Sarah oh, Jane know, right? back like 25 years after she was off the air or whatever. <laughs> Not that long, but you know, uh, was it close, close to? Yeah. Or wow. yeah, no, I think it was longer than that, honestly. Because you're talking about from the fifth, fourth, fifth doctor until like 2010 or 2008, nine, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But um, so, so you don't like it when the, when the companions make a comeback? I don't. That's my favorite. I love that. I just feel like eventually 
Okay. We got to just let the characters go. And the show doesn't like to do that very much. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, fandom, right? Yeah. Secondly, that's not how real life works. You know, like just because like somebody's no longer in your life doesn't mean they stop existing. Yeah, they continue but... to have lives and and all that kind of stuff. And Except now, granted, we're, my parallel breaks down here because we are talking about two dead people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Clara and Bill and Nardole for that matter. But I mean, they brought back Nardole. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that's the thing is, the, you, I don't know. I like it. I I like bringing back in some way, bringing back and sort of paying homage to that incredibly important person in the life of that regeneration of the doctor. I mean, how sad would we be if this episode happened and there was no Bill, no Clara, no Nardol? I would be pissed. I wouldn't have known. What I hate more, actually, is Clara and Nardole being back because we, like, yeah. said goodbye to them last episode. It's the same thing they did with Clara. We say goodbye. Did you mean and Bill then, and Nardole? I think you said Clara and Nardole. Uh, yeah, Bill and Nardole. Yeah. We say goodbye to them. And then the literal next episode, they're there again. Yeah, the like, of the episode, what is even the point of saying goodbye? Why when, did we when Bill this? showed up in this episode? Cormac goes, "Well, that didn't take him long." <laughs> I was like, "It's the last one, of course." But they, they didn't have any time to wait. Just don't like don't have them go. Last episode, have them say goodbye in some way. This episode, instead of just bringing them back I, immediately after. I, okay, so, okay. I get what you're saying, and in that sense, having Clara show up is not as bad as having Bill show up. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Like we've because had some time away from yeah. Clara, and it's like, hey, remember Clara? Yeah. That, it, except he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> so we're going <laughs> to restore the memories. I, I do get what you're saying, especially this, this, this seems to be a problem, at least with the 12th Doctor. I'm trying to think, is this a Stephen Moffat problem? Because we did the same thing to Clara. Yeah. We killed her only to bring her back in the next episode as a figment of the doctor, like in the doctor's mind castle. Yeah. yeah. And then in the next episode, literally bring her back in such a way that she, what never dies or what? Uh, well, apparently we finally found out this episode. Eventually she went back and she died, which she has to at some point, I guess. Sure. But like, I don't know. I feel like especially Clara, that was such an emotional and final goodbye. And then it's like two episodes later, she is fully back with the doctor on the TARDIS. I do. I, I do agree with you there. Okay. No, 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 no. I take it back. I take it back. Having her in heaven sent. Totally fine. Yeah, that was because that's dealing with the stages of grief. And she wasn't there. She wasn't there. It was all in his mind. And we never saw her face to me. That does something. Oh, well, except for the painting, but we never see, you know, that, that character's face um, in, the, you know, in the episode, we don't hear her voice. It's just her writing on the chalkboard, all that kind of stuff. But then, yeah, to turn around after that. So, like, you have the big, fat, emotional goodbye. Then you have the episode of processing the grief. Yeah. Then you bring her back and say, on second thought, we're going to let her live for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. Presumably, Longer than any human being should should live. As long as she wants to. As long as much. she wants to with, uh, what's her name? Me. Yeah. A shielder. And uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing about Clara, or more accurately, uh, oh, crap. Her name is completely gone. The actress. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of her name? Jenna Coleman. Yeah. Jenna Louise Coleman. Totally not there. Did y'all notice that? 
Yeah. She was completely not there. I thought they did her up to make her look like... Heavenly? Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. The thing that bothered me is that it was very obviously she was not there talking to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And it's bad enough, like, that they had to do that. So here's what happened. She was busy doing her current show, current at the time, Victoria. She was too busy filming that. She couldn't get away for a whole day to do on-set filming with Peter Capaldi. So she shot it on green screen, and then they just added her in, which to me, it makes it more sad because one of the cool things about having the companions return is that the actor gets yeah, to return, gets to come up. back to set, get on the TARDIS set one more time, interact with their doctor, you know, and all that kind of stuff. They got none of that. Plus, you had this like artificial box around her an artificial box mm-hmm. around the doctor where, to be honest, especially in 2021, it looked more like they were having a Zoom call mm-hmm. than actually interacting with one another. It was like painfully obvious that they were both talking to and acting to a camera. And I'm like, couldn't y'all have just like, if she was on green screen, couldn't you have shot her head to toe and put her into the episode, like done line of sight and all that kind of stuff? But I don't know, maybe that was too expensive. So uh, so who is Nardole? Um, now he is all glass instead of just his nipples. What? Why? Why? I love this. So many things about Nardole that we just they, they just keep they just keep passing them out to us. He used to be blue. Um, he what, what was he it? had different was, heads? Uh, not not that he had different Maybe heads. Maybe a robot. He not, yeah, no. he's like he's mostly cybernetic at this he point. Screws and apparently, him. at some point, whether I want to know where the glass nipples part of his biology or the robot, and mm-hmm. if it's part of the robot. That's maybe more disturbing because why did you give a robot nipples at all? <laughs> and definitely why did you make him out of black glass? Um, he is like walking oh wait, body he, horror. He also has <laughs> cheap lungs. Yes, yeah, he has cheap lungs. lungs. Uh, Second hand, yeah. Um, they also got his hair wrong. Um, they said, you don't have any hair. I have invisible hair. Um, if you touched his head, would you feel hair? Apparently. apparently. That is terrifying. Apparently. So here's the thing is... Um, Apparently, oh gosh, what what uh, there was an interview or something where Moffat said this like at a Comic Con or something. <laughs> he said this off the cuff, and then like uh, Matt Lucas apparently took that and ran with it. And <laughs> so in Matt Lucas's head canon for the for his filming of Nardole, he had invisible hair, and then uh, and so then they made made it official canon by writing it in here. So. Um, and then we got one last cuddle, <laughs> which is great because when they started the group hug, I went, oh, cuddle. And then they zoomed in on him and he went, cuddle. <laughs> it's just something about the way Matt, Matt Lucas says that. Yeah. I love it. Um, who is Bill? How did she know that the doctor had other faces at all? I'm wow. so disturbed by her complete lack of knowledge of regeneration mm-hmm. and yet total knowledge of regeneration and multiple incarnations and all of these things. I feel like she is the thus far correct me if i'm wrong guys is she the least knowledgeable companion in new who about the doctor probably and regeneration and multiple incarnations and and all this kind of stuff everything did um gosh dang it i feel so bad martha so rose saw the incarnation yeah but the one after her i don't think she ever saw the no the one we always forget. Martha. Martha. You just no, said Martha. I just said Mar- that. Okay. He said Martha and you said no. So I was like, oh, oh he's talking about. No. Um, anyways. Yeah, but Martha never saw him regenerate, I don't think. But she saw the next incarnation of him. 
later on. No, Martha never saw Alone. No, Mar- Martha ended up hooking up with Captain Jack, and then they made up. They it wasn't met Captain up for Jack. An e- it was episode. Rose's boyfriend. They oh, were yeah, together, and, and then they met up for point, an episode. Mickey, at some point, Martha showed up in an episode again, but I can't remember with which doctor. I'm she was sure never was seen after ten waved goodbye to her. There's there's the scene where she and Mickey are fighting off the Jadoon or something. Oh, right. And that's when we find out they've gotten married. Yeah. And then Tennant is way off in the distance and waves at him. And they're like, he's saying goodbye. That is the last time we've seen either of them. That was his like goodbye mm. trip, yes. right? Before he regenerated. So right. She never saw him. Re- never saw the regeneration, but she was aware of the concept, wasn't she? I'm was pretty she? sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel like Bill got less information. Like she didn't even know he was called a time Lord until like a couple episodes ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know he was an alien for a while. I feel like, um, you know, just so much that she was not aware of, but then like we talked about it when he, when she shot him and he started to regenerate, we were like, what was all that song and dance about? Because she didn't know what any of that meant. It's almost like it's implied that, she did learn at some point off screen. Yeah. Because, but it's never, it, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's never said though. And I, I don't know. It, it seems like we covered less ground. It was not until like two episodes ago that she understood the translation matrix. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's companion that's 101 like crap that we normally go over right away. And she, mm. she had to figure it out on her own and didn't even fully figure it out. And the doctor didn't correct her on it. It's like, good grief. Anyways, um, so let's see. Uh, apparently she met Sam Beckett. What did she say? <laughs> she said, she said to the OG doctor, um, he said, he, he was saying there's good and there's evil. And why does good ever went out? It shouldn't be that way. Is there some sort of cosmic force or something? And she says, maybe it's just a bloke. And he's like, a I'm bloke, you know, his, you know, um, <laughs> and she says, yeah, maybe it's just a bloke jumping around from place to place, putting right what once went wrong. And I'm like, holy crap, it's quantum leap. Literally I mean, she almost, jump. she almost said it word for word. She said, putting right what went, what once, once went, wrong. went wrong, or she says something very close to that anyways. Um, and then she says, of course I'm real to the 12th doctor. Of course I'm real. What are we if not a collection of memories? All right, so here's where I wanted to talk about that a little bit. What do you what do you guys think? Uh is she is did we see Bill Potts in this episode yes. or not? It's a ship of Theseus problem. Is it? Well, no. Well, it's it, not, it, whatever is the opposite where similar. There's there's another one where a boat burnt down. And then they rebuilt it. I don't know why I said it like that, but it it got it's great. It got fully burned, and then they rebuilt it, and they called it the the same same thing. And it's like, is this the same ship? Yeah, and this is like exactly that. It's similar to to me. It's to me. It's it's closer to the transporter problem. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's you know, or for that matter, as thank you, CGP Gray, for making me never want to go to sleep ever again. Yeah, when you go to sleep and you wake up the next day, how do you know you're the same person? And it's like. Well, every loss of consciousness is a different person. You, it could be. That could be the case. But, right, yeah. I think because she has her memories, she is her. Like, yeah. who else would she be? 
even though she has a different body, she has all the same memories. So, mm-hmm. you know what I I wish they had done? They they didn't do this, and it's very un-Doctor Who of them. There's no such thing as vampires, it's aliens. There's no such thing as werewolves, it's aliens. Why is it that there's no such thing as uh, near-death experiences, it's the testimony? How did they not connect the dots? Because, I mean, it's literally... They, it's like they were trying to portray it like the, you know, the, the, the tunnel of white light and the, you know, the friendly voices and the blah, 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 you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then suddenly I was back in my body. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wh- I'm surprised that they didn't connect the dots, except that maybe that would maybe that ruins the perfect nature of the testimony, because that yeah. would that would imply that they returned somebody at the wrong time <laughs> or that yeah. they got him at the wrong time. They got him. And then they didn't actually die. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, that whole concept of your memories get to live on forever. And when they can literally inhabit a glass avatar that looks exactly like you, is that you? Yes. And if you put my brain in a freaking robot suit, I would say that is me. So That is slightly Especially different. if you if look like If I cloned like yourself, you. Okay, so I don't, I don't know how far we want to chase this rabbit down this side trail here, but here's the problem that I've always had with this, with this argument, because my, my gut says, if I think I'm me, then I'm me. If I have all of my memories, then I'm me. And the, the problem, and again, when you, when you apply it to the transporter or to uploading your brain to the, to the cloud or uploading your memories to testimony and putting them in a glass avatar, all that is fine. Because like you said, if you take, if you take your brain and stick it in a robot body, great. But what if instead of that, what if I downloaded your memories in some non-destructive way into a robot that looks exactly like you and then introduced that robot to you? Well, that's now who's cloning. you? It is, but that's but then that's the question. You're is both like, you. who is you? Is I would it, say we're both me. But from because here on out, you now, diverge. We're different. Yeah, but movies, you will still but... act very similarly. Oh, yeah. But with different... Mm-hmm. You're just going to be shaped by your differing experiences sure. moving yeah. forward. And 20 years later, you're going to be fairly different people. Yeah. You're going to have some some core commonalities. But yeah, but that's that's always my problem. Is, is So a lot of times in shows or stories or movies or whatever, when you're dealing with this, it involves the destruction of the original. And mm. that's why you can get away with saying... I've got all my memories. I look like me. I think I'm me. Therefore, I'm me. It all goes to crap when you say, yeah, except let me introduce you to the me next door. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a, a great um, uh, movie with uh, Michael Keaton called Multiplicity. Have I ever told you all about this movie? This the guy's, one where he clones himself. Yeah. To do all his work. And exactly. Mm-hmm. And and they play around with it where essentially like no copy is perfect. So like the first copy is like essentially the macho man version of him. And um, so th- so there are some differences. But what happens is the guy goes in to get himself cloned and then, you know, wakes they, up they, and he's the clone. Yeah, he he wakes up and he goes, he looks at himself and goes, is that him? And the doctor goes, no, you're him. And he has to show them like, shows him a tattoo on the back of his ear that has a number two. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like again, you know. So, anyways, um, yes, I'm I'm of the opinion. I'm of the opinion that was Bill. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I'm I'm fine with, you know, uh, 
I, okay, so here, here, the, the, that was the philosophical conversation. The Doctor Who conversation is the 11th Doctor telling Amy, we're all stories in the end, right? Yeah. We've had this, we've had this as a thread throughout Doctor Who. We've had, um, the 11th Doctor telling Amy, we're all stories in the end. Might as well make it a good one, eh? Um, the fact that he's able to sort of plant that seed and she remembers the story of the 11th Doctor is basically what brings him back. Yeah. We've had the concept of, uh, what, oh gosh, how is it phrased? Remember the Doctor playing Clara's theme on his guitar? And yeah. there was that line about maybe that's where memories go when we forget them. Maybe they become songs. And now we have what are we if not a collection of memories, right? Mm-hmm. And and so much of that, you know, our our memories, our stories, they define us. They are who we are in a very real sense. And Bill was, and you know, we can argue that sort of like trip, like you were saying earlier, poetically or philosophically mm-hmm. or whatever. And Bill's like, no, literally. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. I have all of her memories, therefore I'm her. I'm I'm me. Anyways. Who is the OG doctor? Trip put this one in here. I thought that was great instead of the, the first doctor. Yeah. Um, if I hear any more language like that out of you, young lady, you're in for a jolly good smacked bottom. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> wow. Jared's gonna have a little bit of insight on that for me, but um it's like they went out of their way to make fun of how much our, our social mores have changed in the, in the last 50 years, because even the doctor was kind of a sexist, maybe a little bit yeah. of racist, you know? Yeah. Um, when he was, when he was like, it's a bit dusty in here. <laughs> yeah. oh, you you might be missing bill. I love the, I love the 12th doctor. Just, you can't say things like that anymore. Like says who says basically every person you're ever going to meet for yeah. the rest of your life. You know, like it was, that was so great. And it does, it does make me laugh when you consider that like just in the last couple of episodes, the doctor was like, you know, sort of really talking down to bill about her, her antiquated concepts of gender and gender-based stereotypes and Mm. here you have and this was by the way this was coming from a position of the time lords who are billions of years older than than your race Mm -hmm. have long ago since left behind your your antiquated Mm. small-minded notions of gender identity and and stereotypes and here you have a guy who real world is 50 years ago in the doctor's timeline 1500 years ago was kind of a sexist <laughs> a little bit so and again you know it's like when we go back and you watch uh you watch uh discovery versus tng versus the original series and you go they're all supposed to be kind of in the same time frame like it doesn't seem like it it kind of seems like their values evolved with ours maybe um, Bill asks the uh, doctor, she says, basically, you're, you're him. You're the one who stole the TARDIS and ran away. And she says, what were you running to when you fled Gallifrey? And he said, this is where he goes into, he left basically to find out why good ever wins. It's not a practical survival strategy. So basically, he's like, he had a hypothesis. There's good and there's bad. There's good, there's evil. And evil should always win. But it doesn't. And why in the world is that? And it's like, mm-hmm. 
Well, that sounds a lot more yeah. noble than, than the excuses we've gotten in New Who. You know, whether it's, you know, the universe is out there and I got to go see it, or I was running away from something, or I was running to the, those who are fading out of the universe, all that kind of stuff. He's like, no, nah, I wanted to do an experiment about good and evil in the world. Uh, so who is the 12th doctor, or as Trip put in the notes, just who is the doctor? Um, all, he tells the first doctor, always remember where you parked. It's going to come up a lot. <laughs> it's going to be the plot point for half of your adventures. Um, let's see. Oh, there's the, the line about the, uh, the brandy and the 12th doctor says, I may have snuck a glass in the last 1500 years. It's been rock and roll. (laughs) 1500 years of rock and roll. He had a one glass of brandy. And as it turns out, it wasn't even him. It it was that day. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, we already talked about him being embarrassed about the, uh, the OG doctor's old ways. Um, let's see. Oh, Bill says, I know you couldn't be dead. You don't have the concentration. <laughs> we had the bit from the uh, from the uh, testimony that the doctor has walked in blood throughout time and space. He has many names: the Imp of the Pandorica, the Shadow of the Valyard, the Beast of Trenzalor, the Butcher of Skull Moon. Please, Jared, tell me what Skull Moon was. Yeah. The Last Tree of Garsonon. Please, Jared, tell me what the crap that's all about. The Destroyer of Scarrow and the Doctor of War. Do you have a thought there, Corbin? Yeah, I assume the Pandorica is that vault, right? Yeah. Did they call him the imp? Um, well, remember there was the myth that there, that the Pandorica was created for like the most dangerous creature. Oh yeah. And they called the, it an imp. Okay. Oh, did they actually call it an imp yeah. in that episode? Yeah. they did. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, well, then there you go. Um, let's see. The doctor says I died a bit ago, but refused to generate, uh, to regenerate. It catches up with you like a big lunch. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> he says, I don't know what to do when it's not an evil plan. I did like that about the testimony. We, we find out it's, it is just, it's an actual benevolent thing. It's not an evil plan for once. That, that was great. Um, let's see. Oh man, there's this heartbreaking bit here where um, Nardole says, don't die. If you die, I think the whole universe would go cold. And the doctor says, can't I have peace? Can't I rest? And it's like, after all these lifetimes, after all of this difficulty, after all this strife, he's just like, can't I just be done? Um, we actually see him mention it again. Oh, one of my next notes here. Silly old universe. The more I save it, the more it needs saving. Mm. Um, he talks about how a life is uh, a life this long is a battlefield like this one because everyone else has fallen. Calling back to last week's episode, the, the doctor falls. And then he has his uh, his final speech. Um, one, <laughs> I love how he starts it all off. One more lifetime won't kill anyone. Well, except me. <laughs> like, okay. Um, let's see here. What does this say? This oh, is what you already mentioned. Yeah, this is what I already mentioned about Capaldi's um, lines and humans, humans, uh, children hearing the doctor's uh, name. Uh, what did you guys think about his, his closing speech? Remember how I talked about it with the 12th doctor, we get something, the most solidified version of like the code of the doctor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Never be cruel. Never cowardly. Um, always be kind. If you can't be, you know, always, always, Try to be nice, but never fail to be kind, um, which is an interesting distinction. Never, ever eat pears. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can't forget that. Which I think goes back to Ten. I think Tenant was the first one who talked about pears, pears being, they're too soft or something. Um, oh, yeah. yeah it, was in his, it was in his speech to Martha when he was going to become Matt, uh, Matt Smith. <laughs> when he was going to become John Smith. He was like, don't let me do something stupid like eat a pear. Um, it goes all the way back to then. Yeah. 
Um, what else? What thoughts about about his uh, regeneration speech? Mm, I mean, I do like that. It's like this is who I am, pretty much. Where he's very clearly lying, laying it out for us. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty neat. But. I like that it's like he was laying it out to the next doctor. Yeah. yeah. And it's one. Remember last time we talked about when Matt Smith regenerated? Um, we talked about how there's times where in that speech it's hard to tell if it's the 11th doctor or if it's Matt Smith talking. Uh, I'll never forget any of this, not one line. Interesting thing for an actor to say, you know, and all that kind of stuff. There's that part of me that wonders how much of this is that as well. Because Mm -hmm. this would have been written by Stephen Moffat, who was handing over the reins as head writer and showrunner to Chris Chibnall, as well as Peter Capaldi handing over the reins to Jodie Whittaker. Hmm. And he's saying, listen up, doctor. I have some things to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know? I thought that was was a very cool way of doing that. Any other thoughts about the regeneration speech? Cool. Well, guys, News in the Hoobie is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value, I don't know, put a little bit more, a little more English on it that time. <laughs> ah. Guys, y'all know the drill. Head over to noobsinthehoobie.com slash support. Find a way to support us by clicking on something on that page. Jared's got some classic Who connections for us. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hello, Noobs in the Hoobian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for Twice Upon a Time. Well, there's a lot here today, so we're just going to get right into it. Uh, It all starts near the South Pole, which is where the first doctor was when he started to regenerate. So that's um, consistent (laughs) with the two stories. But if I understand the first doctor's regeneration, and I'll say this, I haven't actually seen the episode. I mean, I can't see the actual episode that's lost that that he regenerates in uh, from the serial The Tenth Planet. Um, that that episode has been animated, so you can see that, but you have to buy the uh, whole serial on DVD to get that. It's not on BritBox, so I've never actually uh, watched that one. Um, someday, maybe, but I, I don't know if you can even get it in the U.S. format. Probably these days you can't, but never really looked into it. So anyway, I haven't seen it, but if I understand it correctly... The Doctor does not refuse to regenerate in that serial in 1966, The Tenth Planet. He doesn't talk about it. There was a line in the original script that was cut. Moffat found out about that or saw the line somewhere along the lines and built the narrative around that line, if I understand that correctly. All right, so back to the uh, Twice Upon a Time. Testimony is catching up the first Doctor on his future selves, and we see that the third Doctor in the serial Invasion of the Dinosaurs, the fifth Doctor in the serial Arc of Infinity, the seventh Doctor in the serial The Happiness Patrol, and all the rest are from New Who. And we also have references to his future names, uh, The Shadow of the Valyard, that's from Trial of the Time Lord with the Sixth Doctor. Uh, and the Destroyer of Scarrow would be from Remembrance of the Daleks, the Fourth Doctor there. Um, and the, the, all, all the other names, are, again, are from New Who. Now, the Fifth Doctor talked about being embarrassed by the first, first Doctor's sexism in the serial The Five Doctors. Okay, Villengard. So Villengard is known as the Nightmare of the Seven Galaxies. This is, it, it's given that name by the Khalids, 
so Scaro used to be, and then again when it's rebuilt, is in the Seven Galaxies. It's part of the, you know, it's a planet that's part of the Seven Galaxies. The Khalids said that they believe that Scaro was the only planet in the Seven Galaxies with intelligent life on it. So that's clear back from uh, the... Um, Shoot, I don't remember if they in in the the Daleks if they uh, said that in there if that was a later Dalek uh, um, serial, but it was in New Who that they first talked about that. So Villengard is said to be at the center of the universe, so that must be near at least nearby where the space station Terminus was when the Fifth Doctor was there, because it was said that Terminus was at the center of the universe. So um, I don't really know if that's a connection. I mean, they, they went to Villengard, so they were at the center of the universe, and maybe the Doctor recognized also that's where that space station was. But yeah, the Wikia pointed that out, so I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, the first Doctor recognized a Dalek mutant because he saw them on Scarrow when he was with uh, when he was there in the Daleks. Uh, when the first doctor says that he left Gallifrey for what that he left Gallifrey for many pressing reasons, he is echoing the same line that the fourth doctor said to Adric for why he left Gallifrey. The first mention of Earth being a level five civilization was with the fourth doctor in City of Death. Of course, we hear that again in this uh, this episode, and we also see the doctor. We see the twelfth doctor now use the astral map. And the TARDIS databank. Well, those are classic Who concepts. The astral map was first seen in the web planet, and the TARDIS databank was first seen in the serial Castrovalva. And in the serial The Power of the Daleks, we see the second Doctor trying on the first Doctor's ring. Now it no longer fits because he's regenerated and he's a whole different body, so he discards it. That's mentioned in this, uh, in this episode. The first Doctor reprimanded Bill for swearing, as he did with Susan in An Unearthly Child. The first Doctor also told Bill that she needed a jolly good smacked bottom. And that was the same line that he told Susan in the serial World's End. So there again is that slight sexism. And, uh, or more than slight, uh, I, I don't really know. Uh, and testimony... Keeping the memories of the dead is very similar to the APC net that we saw in the serial Deadly Assassin. So there you go. Those are those are all of them that I that I noticed, and some that the uh, Wikia helped me uh, notice more. <laughs> um, but that's that's what I've got there. So uh, I'll just jump right in because we're we're going a little longer than I normally do. So uh, I'll say. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I love a multi-doctor multi, multi uh, serial, so that was it was fun, especially bring back First Doctor, even if it wasn't the original actor. Um, you know, I thought they did a great job uh, capturing his essence there. So I'm giving it 9 out of 10 mildly sexist doctors. And nothing that I can really think of that was all that creepy. So I'm just going to give it 50 creep levels. There had to be some little thing in there, but that's about it. Thank you to the TARDIS Wikia, and thank you to Noobs in the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time with a whole new season, whole new Doctor, whole new companions, whole new everything. So uh, it's going to be fun, and I'm glad we finally made it here and excited we're almost caught up. That's amazing.
It's been a long road getting from there to here. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jared. Jared is is again. We've talked about this before. He is in new territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I most, if not all, of this season uh, was new territory for him, and he purposefully get this, guys. He remember I said we finally caught up with ourselves. Yeah. He he um purposefully did not stopped. watch any of thirteen. Because he knew we would get there eventually. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's pretty cool. So um, at any rate, um, oh, let me jump down to my notes here. What did you guys think overall? Jared gave it uh, 9 out of 10 mildly sexist doctors. To which Corbin said, not mildly. He said that line before about a jolly good smacked bottom. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, it it almost makes sense for him to say that to his granddaughter. Maybe stop that cussing. I'm gonna spank your bottom. That's fine. But then when he says it to some person he just met, one year old. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) random college student. Ah. Anyways, Uh, Trip. What did you think overall? Um, I think I'm. (laughs) What? I just saw saw your rating. Oh, I I think it. (laughs) I think I'm going to go 8.5, of course. Charlie good smack bottoms. Because <laughs> technically, oh. it was two jolly good smack bottoms. What a strange yeah. phrase, man. Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Jolly good. Jolly good smack bottoms. Uh, any other? <laughs> Would you care to elaborate or that, that's your score? Um, to it. I, I did like that there were two doctors and I liked the kind of like yeah. quarreling between them about everything. And right. I don't know. I like that we got Bill back, but I think it would have been more impactful if it was a different episode or like there was a longer gap. Yeah. But again, there was no time for that. Like we're, we're wrapping it. Bill, yeah. Bill did not get enough time. No. Period. So I am glad she was in this one though. Cause if she did like, if, if last episode was it, she got, we didn't even get her in here. Like she already got a short season. Kind of um, revolt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the only thing I, I love that you are, you are book ending one and 12, which by the numbers should be the first and last doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it shouldn't. The 13th should be the last. You get 12 regenerations, 13 incarnations. So remember Wait, it got what? all wibbly wobbly in the, the, the war doctor and then technically the this is 14 doctor. or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, all that, but really what your book ending is the end of an era with a doctor yeah. and a showrunner going out. Um, it truly is a new era. Um, oh, by the way, miscellaneous trivia, Murray gold, who has been doing the music all this time. Um, this is his last season. So even the oh. music next season is different. Um, there's a different, you know, different uh, uh, musician, musical arranger doing all of the uh, the stuff mm-hmm. moving forward. So it really is the end of an era, and I like that they bookended it with the first Doctor and the twelfth Doctor, and and doing the parallels and all, and you know those kinds of things. Um, especially with it being, as we mentioned, Capaldi being <laughs> similar in age to William Hartnell, yeah, which again, yeah. when you look back, it's like. How's that even possible? Mm. Um, so I'm going to give it. Um, uh, oh, and by the way, I I loved. I wish that Jenna could have actually come back. Yeah. Um, really come back. Um, but I, I'm glad that they brought Clara back. I'm glad that they brought Bill back fully for this whole episode. I'm glad that we got the the Nardole cameo. No, I did like that. I kind of wish that he'd have been able to be around for more of the episode, just because I I want more Nardole in my life and in yes. the universe in, in general. 
Um, so just uh, there's a lot of good comedy. It was wibbly wobbly. There was a fun twist reveal that that was Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. Oh, by the way, I, I, I don't know if we covered this, but that was Gordon Lethbridge Stewart's like dad. Mm-hmm. Y'all did y'all catch that connection yeah. there? Uh-huh. That was that was what the big reveal was um, at the end. And um, so, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it uh, nine out of ten. Uh, slightly asymmetrical faces. I, Corbin, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I'd like. I didn't have any major problems with it. So, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say eight out of ten. You're gonna say that you're gonna say, I, or are you just gonna I'm say? Gonna say that I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say. Okay, eight out of ten invisible hairs. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a great line. Uh, creep level. Uh, did we get Jared's? What was Jared's? Oh, I don't know. He said it and I didn't write it down. Professionals. Awesome. Uh, Trip. what do you think? Um, I think really the only scary part was the little spidery thingy just like jumping on the dude's face. He's like... That was a great <laughs> jump scare. <laughs> was that was like, great. Oh, I'm sure it's I, just rats. I'm used to those. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he think it was rats? Because uh, it sounded... I mean, in his experience, he's never yeah. encountered... Aliens, um, yeah. So, trip. What's your yeah, score? Not that he knows. Um, I think I'm gonna go with twenty. Okay, um, like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fifty. Um, just because of the uh, the the Daleks running around on the ground, and then the um, the glass avatar was kind of creepy at first. Like less and less creepy the longer she was on screen. But at first, it was kind of like, what's going on? Like it was kind yeah. of uncanny valley. Like the CGI wasn't yeah. great. You know, so weird looking. It, yeah. Looked like a video game character, not a glass character on screen. Corbin, what about you? I, I'm just I'm gonna say fifteen. Fifteen, you know, it wasn't anything creepy. So, gotcha. Um, so as far as theories, is there anything you guys want to speculate about for? Okay, I bet Jody Whittaker is the thirteenth Doctor. <laughs> oh. Someone whose name would only be know great? because of Doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, but seriously, is there anything you guys want to speculate about the nature of the next season or, or anything like that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's going to find a companion. <laughs> I do love, he made some mention about being alone for a little bit, but. He said that after every time. Yeah. He's lost and he always companion. just immediately gets a companion. No, not um, immediately. Normally there's a little bit of time. Somebody no. make a note here. Maybe, I don't know if it needs to go in theories or, 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 I don't know. Somebody make a note somewhere and highlight it that we don't, that we'll copy it over into the next week's notes about that very thing. Because he did say that, right? He very explicitly, one, he was like, I'm, he's like, I'm tired of people dying, right? Like mm-hmm. he was ready to die, but then he's tired of everyone else around him, like losing all these people. And we've seen this with every doctor so far. Um, and like you, like you were just saying, there's always sort of that on the heels of losing a companion, there's the gap, right? Yeah. Uh, somebody make a note to address that next week. <laughs> Jody doesn't get it. I have feelings. No. Address what? Uh, the loss of a companion and the doctor saying I'm traveling alone. Because he said that, didn't he? He said I'm going no. in alone for a little while or something. Or I need to do this alone or I need to be alone. I don't know, something like that. Uh, so the game plan, guys, in keeping with our current emergency plans for season 13, uh, we are covering not a timey wimey. Instead, we are charging forward covering the first 13th Doctor story, the woman 
who fell to earth, a title which you think you get. Anyways, guys, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is Thing One. And I'm Trent. <laughs> your production editor is The Other One. I'm Corbin. Also known as Exposition and Comic Relief. Special thanks oh, to... Tar- I'll, I'll leave it to y'all to decide who's who. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his Classic Who connections. And shout outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us at NoobsInTheHoovian.com where you can find links to our social, our emails, our support page, our subscription button, all of the places where you can do all of the things. Wherever you found us, make sure that you like us, subscribe, Leave a rating, throw some stars at our face, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hooping These are my sons, Corbin Trap. And, and we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always, as Clara said, oh, Clara, be amazing. Goodbye. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> my, my bye, Capaldi. We didn't say bye. Bye, Capaldi. Bye. Bye. Guys, that's it. That's, that's Capaldi. The end. That's it. We're, we're done. Uh, That's a whole other doctor in the game. We're done with Grandpa. Anyway. Grandpa. <laughs> the angry eyebrows are no more. Go away. Whee! Whoa. <laughs> Aw, I wish I could speak whale. <laughs> <laughs>